0: Alana Garcia and I have been friends since we were nine years old. She has seen the best of me and the worst of me, and our friendship is honestly stronger now than it has ever been. Alana is someone who pours wisdom into my life consistently. She is an old soul, and she's loved by everyone who meets her. We have a relationship where we just get one another, we click. And one of the struggles that Alana and I have both faced equally is the tendency to people please and to strive for perfectionism. It has created many issues in our own lives, and we've both worked together to fight the temptation to live that way. And as we've gotten older, although it is definitely still a struggle for both of us, we've learned so much about ourselves and we feel that we have grown in this area. And so on today's conversation, we are joking and laughing and sharing ridiculous things while also giving practical advice on escaping perfectionism and people-pleasing. I hope that this episode is a breath of fresh air for you in this season of life, that you're able to laugh with us over a cup of coffee, and that you will be blessed by the wisdom that Alana shares. Let's jump in. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the world with me. Her name is Alana Garcia. Hi. So Alana and I have known one another since... Like
1: fifth grade. Yes. Lindsay was sixth. I was fifth. Yes.
0: So, um, and you guys are going to hear, it's going to be a little weird, the audio, because we're in my office, like, very close. (laughs) We're touching lips. (laughs) pretty much. But um, we've known one another for so long, and I just feel like we have this relationship where we can talk about anything. Yep. We understand the depths of one another in, like, the craziest ways Mm -hmm. because we have very similar family backgrounds. We have very similar mind structures, like the way that we process things, super similar.
1: Super similar. We have the same crazy a little bit. We always joke and (laughs) we're like, we get it. We'll do something ridiculous and go tell the other one and it's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We support one another's craziness. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So with
0: that said, today I wanted to talk about insecurity. It is something that I think Alana and I struggle with now. Um, But maybe not to the extent that we used to and so I want to talk about the process and the progress that we've seen um, But also the battles that we face with it and how we can encourage you To grow through your insecurity because it impacts so much of our lives. It impacts our relationships Our parent child relationships whether it's with your parents or with your children Our work lives. I just believe that it flows into so much and so if we can learn to battle that almost temptation to be insecure. It gives us the ability to move forward and to change. And one thing Alana and I thrive off of is growth. Like we want to be better.
1: Yes. I, I also kind of think there's a certain level of like welcoming challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say we invite it, but at the same time, I think that there is a willingness to just And I don't want to call it a perfectionism because I do think we struggle with that. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, it's just a willing, I feel like we can see outside of ourselves. We can see our actions outside of ourselves and you just kind of want to move forward and kind of be the best person you could be, you know?
0: Agreed. Okay. So let's begin. I'm going to just quiz Alana a little bit. I, I want to touch on our past and what that insecurity looked like and how it branched off into different areas of our lives. So I don't know how vulnerable you want to get today, Lana, but you know, (laughs) we're all about vulnerability. All right. So what would you tell yourself in regards to your insecurity if you could go back to high school and change your direction? And I want to ask this because there are so many listeners who have daughters and I believe that there are a lot of things that maybe could have shifted the way that we viewed insecurity, but also – I believe that a lot of the feelings and emotions that we had when we were teenagers or in high school or in college have lingered. We always think it's going to like go away and it doesn't just go away. What would you tell yourself if you could go back?
1: If I could go back and or like have even a parent talk to me, I would first and foremost really try to remind myself that others' opinions of me were not the end-all be-all of who I was. and. If I could be told also if I was not perfect, that it was okay. And what was okay was if I screwed up what my next step was. Because I think for a long time I I fixated on everybody's approval, everybody's out girls, you know, straight A's, whatever it was that I was wanting. I just felt like I want I had this like perfectionist issue. And I was so hyper aware of what everybody else thought of me. That's like actually all I was thinking about most of the time was like. How am I being perceived all the time? and it works to an extent until you start to get older yeah. and then it starts to affect social aspects of you and I think even like younger kids moving forward, I think that's when they go out with friends and they start to drink because they're uncomfortable or they they end up doing things to alleviate this anxiety that's inside of
0: them like the peer pressure
1: yeah, exactly. and I think to an extent when you think that way, like I have to be this perfect person, um, everybody has to like me. I feel like you never are living authentically at that point. You're living to please everybody else all the time. And like, even as an adult now, you know, I turned 30 and now I'm starting to realize like, I'm still a people pleaser in a lot of areas of my life. And even if it's just like, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings um, and I'll accept them hurting mine. And it's just like, I'll just like not talk to them anymore or I'll just avoid that type of situation. And that's not living authentically. I feel like. Kids need to know that it's okay to screw up. It's okay to have conflict. It's about how you handle the conflict, and it's about how you handle what what you did and how you move forward.
0: Kids and moms and wives and girlfriends, and I think it's like, everything, wouldn't
1: you say? Yeah, 100%. Have you seen
0: the Miss Americana Taylor Swift Netflix special?
1: I saw pieces of it. Actually, I think I did see all of it. Yes. And she is a perfect example of somebody that it's really hard to constantly be perfect. And then you see her kind of have a breakdown. Like she wants to voice her opinion and then it turns into people, you know, she has that song like about big reputation or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like, it's true though. Like, You go through this almost like rebellious stage to an extent or or you start to kind of a fight to figure out who you are. I was so
0: blown away by that because I felt like, oh my gosh, one, I'm like, oh, she literally lives how I live. Like this constant fear of wanting to be approved of, this constant fear of wanting to get that good job, like you said, like the atta girl. And this manifests itself 1 million percent on Instagram because we're creating this life that isn't real and people talk about it so much and it almost gets old talking about it, but nothing changes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we as a society, as a group, as my listeners, like as we're working things out together to like live this life together, that there has to be this active change. And for Taylor Swift in this, if you guys have seen this Netflix special, obviously everyone knows her life story and pretty much everything that has happened. But this big breakdown – brought her to a point where she realized, I cannot sustain myself like Mm -hmm. this. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't. And I felt the same way in high school. I think I gave into a lot of stuff that I did not want to be a part of. And I've talked about this before. Like, there were so many instances that I can still remember where I was in an environment that made me brutally uncomfortable, but I stayed because I didn't have a foundation of who I was. And I think that is what has shifted in my life now is that I have that foundation. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I live in that. But it doesn't mean that there aren't these massive moments where that insecurity kind of floods out.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No, I, I fully agree with that. I think it's back even if you go back to the high school days where you're developing and stuff. I don't know if it was just a generational thing, but I don't I just don't remember ever being told to like, be who you are, be who you want to be. And I hear more of that now, which is great, but we didn't have social media, like you said. And I thank God for that. I mean, I think we had MySpace. um, It had just started and that was drama in itself, but we couldn't get on Facebook or anything. And I just don't remember living my life around a, a cell phone. So I don't even necessarily know how you would navigate that as a teenager now, but I do think it's important to You know, tell kids or teenagers or you know your kids, whatever that, um, that they're loved, and no matter no matter what it is that they do, there's nothing they can do to disappoint you. It's what they do after that matters, and that they don't need. If they're having to fight for people's approval, then they're they are around the wrong people. If they're they need to be in an environment, I guess I don't know how you tell. Kids not to hang out with kids that make them uncomfortable, yes. though, you know?
0: Yeah. So I've been dealing with this because Sutton is kind of a tangent, but Sutton has been struggling so much with this because he is like his mama and he's a people pleaser. Like he really wants that approval. Even with me, he'll come up and Jesse, he'll come up a hundred times. Did I do a great job? Are you so proud of me? Are you? And we've seen that he's choosing friends who are the bullies in school. And so we've had to have conversation after conversation of, really, it comes down to, I cannot choose your people for you. I love you. I want good for you. But you're ultimately going to have to make that decision. And you're going to get hurt if you make the wrong decision. You know who good people are. Like You know good people. You've seen them in our lives. You see the people who surround us in our home and your friends in our home. But Ultimately, that's going to be your choice. And he's four and a half years old, and we're already having to have that kind of conversation. And of course, we tell him, You're not allowed to hang out with these people. I will make that decision for you. You're not allowed to invite them over to go play. But when you're at school, there's only so much that we can do. And ultimately, we just try to go back to you're living your life for an audience of one. You're not living your life for the approval of other people. You're not living your life for the approval of mom and dad. You cannot rely on that because we will fail you but you have to learn to choose the right people who aren't hurting you, who aren't trying to make you something different than you are and to live by your values. And that's what we focus on at home is just instilling those values, those morals, that knowledge of who he is and that he is in Christ and that that is enough Um, and that he doesn't need to get all of this praise from other people. But what, just like you said, Alana, I always tell him, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I will always love you. Like, don't ever be afraid to come to me and talk to me, and we'll hash that out afterwards. Let's we'll work through it. But there should never be any fear. And I think that it fosters a sense of self worth, of stability, of knowing who they are, and that who that they, they can come to and trust. That allows them to know who they are, and that rids their lives a little bit. Of that insecurity. And so I just want to talk a little bit about the lingering effects like after high school and, and just in life in general, how has insecurity impacted the way that you live?
1: Oh, I think that's a big question. I think insecurity has made me doubt myself a lot more. I think that for a long time, I struggled with actually, like even in college, I was very confused about who I was, what I wanted to do with my life. All I knew was college didn't feel right. I graduated, but there's just nothing. I couldn't reconcile giving up time with my life to do anything that was available to do. But nobody gave me even like encouragement that I could do anything I wanted to do and think outside the box. And I think sometimes when you're a people pleaser, you're still thinking in terms of like, well, will I make somebody proud if I'm a doctor? Will I, you know, do this or do that? And you're not, again, living authentically. You're not living for yourself. You are still trying to live a life that you think is perfect or good.
0: I just recently heard that um, a statistic now that says that the number one regret is no longer working too long or working too much. It is now not being true to who they were because they were fearful of what other people would think.
1: Yeah. I I feel like at any time, I always try to live in a a place where I tell everybody, I don't have any regrets in life, but if there are two things that could change, one of them would have been to go out of state for college because I do think that I'm from New Mexico. I've been here my whole life, never lived anywhere else. And I think it's the most wonderful place. It's like our community is great, but I feel like there is so much to see in the world and there are so many different people with different cultures, even just in different states that we could.
0: Jesse, see. are you listening to this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Move me out somewhere else.
1: <laughs> but it is, I would have loved to do that because it seems like anyone I talked to that left our state for college loved their experience. They They don't have any regrets there and they made like awesome lifetime friendships. I have lifetime friendships here. You're one of them. But we all, we do tend to have like the same mindset about a lot of things because it's a culture thing. The other regret I would have had was I would have started my work earlier. I would have just told myself, be confident in who you are. If somebody has a judgment about becoming, I'm a makeup artist, so becoming a makeup artist. Yeah, plug yourself. (laughs) Hey guys, Petty Rose by Alana. Um, No, but When I, I didn't really get the most positive feedback when I decided to become a makeup artist after graduating college and working in social work, they were like, oh, you're a makeup artist since when? And I remember being so insecure about it, but something inside of me was like, well, it's either this or social work. And I couldn't reconcile that. Like, I was like, I don't want to go back to that. So I got to a place where I just needed, I just had to face it. I didn't have a plan B. It was like makeup artist or be lost and you don't know who you are. So I was like –
0: For the record, Alana is like wildly successful here in our city. She wouldn't tell you that, but she is. And so that I understand that, like that fear of getting into it. Obviously, when like God has a plan and there's great success for you, that there's so much fear that we wrestle with because that obedience is really hard.
1: Yeah. And well, I think Lindsay's, uh, you know, over the top on that one. But um, no, it is. And and I just remember once I started to get actual jobs and there were certain things that I was able to like projects I was able to work on that kind of solidified that I was like actually working. It was funny to see things change. And the same people that were kind of questioning it were then all of a sudden interested in it and or, you know, giving me like a high five about it. And I think at that point, it was tur- a turning point for me where I kind of realized that like I had been holding myself back the whole time on a a fear basis of like, I just want approval of everybody, but it was silly. It was trying to be perfect for – I at that point, I was like, I don't even know who I'm trying to be perfect for. Mm-hmm. I just had this preconceived notion that if you were like – an artist. You were like kind of uneducated and it was a very ignorant viewpoint, but it was things I'd been told. And so you go do that. And then all of a sudden it became trendy to be a makeup artist. And, or you realized like, wow, a lot of these people make a lot of money. And, and it, it, again, it was just feeding into everybody else's judgments and opinions that had no basis to them. And so it makes you feel when you get to a place of calm and just a little bit of happiness, you just realize like, man, if I could have learned this three, four or five years ago, how different I would see my life or how many obstacles I may not have had to jump through if I could have just been brave to be myself or to try something that seemed scary and outside the box, just knowing that I it's OK if I failed. Because I do feel like a lot of the things that I've grown from have been doing something that I was afraid of when you don't fail you're like wow i almost didn't try that if you do fail you try something else it opens another door
0: one of the things that i love the most about this podcast is the opportunity to build community not only with our amazing interviewees but with you all as listeners If you'd like to join thousands of other women who are a part of our community, and if you have a desire to grow in your relationship with Jesus and to receive biblical encouragement for your marriage, relationships, and friendships, this is the place for you. You You'll also have delicious recipes sent to your inbox periodically. Just sign up at sparrowsandlily.com backslash community. Also, if you are enjoying this interview or have enjoyed any others in the past, please take a quick second to give us a star rating and a review on iTunes. Simply scroll down from this episode or from the homepage. This is an encouragement to keep living easy going, and it also helps to continue receiving wisdom from amazing interviewees like the one that we have today. Thanks so much. I talk about this so much because I believe so strongly in that. I have failed in a lot of things and things have not gone my way. But there, it was a commercial I saw years ago that really lit this fire under me. And it was like Michael Jackson took, I don't know, I'm 100% butchering this, but like 300 shots before he made his first whatever. I don't know, basketball (laughs) slam dunk. I don't know. Um, I'm Jordan.
1: What did I say? Michael Jackson. (laughs) Michael Jordan, Lindsay. Michael Jordan. (laughs) Okay. I definitely meant to say
0: Michael Jordan. Yes. Not Michael Jackson. I cannot even envision him playing basketball. But And then Einstein, he failed multiple classes throughout school and was mocked for what he wanted to do. And all of, I mean, there are so many stories like this. You can literally Google famous people who failed and it will show up. I strongly believe that. And I love that you tie that in, Alana, because I feel like when fear overwhelms us, there's usually insecurity at the core. Like you see two things. When somebody is burdened by fear, they are usually very insecure. When someone is really overly confident, they are usually very insecure. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that I always say the loudest person in the room is the most insecure person in the room, which has really humbled me. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, I'm a, I'm quick to fill the quiet noise in the room. Yes. yes,
0: no, I am too, and I think that I think there's something to be said about that. Like we really like people to feel comfortable, yes. but I'm, I think in the sense of like, let me tell you all of my accomplishments. Let me tell you all of my successes, so that you can be proud of and impressed with me is usually the person who like really, really needs that affirmation. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm always much more touched and impressed by somebody who when they walk into a room, they get to know you first Mm -hmm. without even telling you anything about themselves or they know how to bounce a conversation back and forth where it's not just all about telling you about them. Right. I agree.
0: Okay. So I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned. You had said initially – you don't have regrets in life. And this is totally off topic, but I just think that's a really big statement. And so where does that derive from?
1: Because some of the decisions that I've made that were not necessarily, you know, in hindsight, maybe the best decision to make at the time or wasting time, like by being insecure, once you figure it out, and once you get it, there's a big change and aha moment that happens. And it, it, it's like a puzzle piece. You see how all of the steps of your journey, or all the troubles you were facing, all the, the hurt, the heartache, the failures and mistakes perhaps, they change you. It's like I kind of think of it as like wearing a suit to like – when you're a perfectionist, you're not being authentic, so you're putting a suit on for everybody. And like every time you fail, every time you make a mistake, you're forced to take the suit off and you're, you're forced to be like, well, what's under it? And it's kind of like shedding skins. And when I get through something hard that has maybe been a mistake or a learning lesson, I look back a year after, and I'm like, "Thank God, I'm not that person anymore." I'm I'm really happy. It, it seems like I've become happier with who I am through it all, so I don't regret it really. Because I sometimes I, I do feel like my biggest learning lessons have been through my failures, yeah. or or through just decisions that I can now see I could have handled differently. You know,
0: Amen. I fully agree with that. I think. It's funny because after I do an event and I've been doing more and more events and I have a lot planned, there's this massive underlying fear. And there has been one major failure of an event that happened due to weather that like, I feel like I'll never live down. I did a marketplace that some of you might have followed along with, but it was planned to be amazing. We had like 35 vendors Um, We had yoga in the park and a movie and all kinds of amazing stuff. And the weather destroyed it. Like from the second we started setting up, people were holding their tents down because the wind was so bad. And I was humiliated. And everyone's like, Lindsay, you do not have control over the weather. But for me, like controlling, wanting everything to be perfect, wanting to impress, if I'm honest, like that was horrible. And I laid in bed and Jesse has learned like after an event, let Lindsay have her day. Like she needs a day in bed because I'm dealing with so many emotions. Like it takes a really big toll on me, but I know that I'm called to it. So I do it anyway. And I love it. Like I really thrive off of it and enjoy it so much. Like nothing puts me in my element more than being with a ton of people, but I need that really intense downtime afterwards. But anyway, so with the event, I've had a lot of people ask, like, hey, when are we doing this again? Like, please, I would love to be a part, which is so encouraging to me. But my insecurity of it failing again is like, it's wrecking me and it makes me not want to do it. But just like Alana said, I feel like that has grown me. If it had gone really well, there probably would have been a little pride in my heart of like, look how successful this was. This is so cool. And I pray that I wouldn't be that way. I pray that I would honor God in that. But who knows? Like who knows what could have happened? I'm trying to really process like why that happened. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand it, but it happened and it was what it was. And so I think now I come to a place where I'm like, you know what? That grew me so much. One, it humbled me. Two, it it allowed me to connect with the vendors in a way that I wouldn't have been able to because it was a lot of community and like communication and stuff after that point. And it really blessed me. Like that was enough. And so my encouragement with all of that is just like what Alana is saying with her makeup business, you never know until you try. You never know. And then the process of failing and the process of success, both of them allow you to grow and to change and to mold. And for me and for Alana, like I said at the very beginning of this, the reason our friendship is so solid is because we both want to grow. We're not afraid to challenge one another. We've challenged one another since fifth grade. Um, (laughs) We call one another out when it's needed in complete love and with a desire to see growth.
1: Well, and I I also think that there's a, just a certain level of acceptance for one another. I feel like we've also done this really nice dance between one another. Not like we've had this perfect, like we've gone through stuff together oh, yeah. big time, but we've also done this Dance, and you've said it in a post before, where like one person shows up when the other might not be the best, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And then we always come to a place where it's like we kind of have an understanding for one another's darkness too, Mm -hmm. if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, yeah, we 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 just get it, and maybe it is like a similar background or just knowing each other since childhood. But we've just always found a way to love one another through that. And I kind of feel like that. I don't think anybody really understands how solid friendships where there's just like an unconditional love there. Even if there's hardship, it's just like that person's always there where you can not talk for a month and maybe be in a fight, but still if somebody calls one another, they're there. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody can really understand how much that really does impact an individual long-term. I think when you're like laying there in your darkest days sometimes or when you feel... I don't know, when you're just maybe not in a good place in life, I think those small acts of love between friends, family members, whoever it is, really give pieces of hope for people to keep pushing through through the fear, through the hardships, through anything like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I'm so thankful for this friendship. Like I, and we're actually, you guys, we're gonna do a friendship episode um with Alana and my friend Brittany, the friends that I have known the longest in my life and are still around, which I'm so thankful for. And so we're gonna talk about adult friendships and what it has looked like. I mean, we're gonna be really honest about what it has looked like to overcome the obstacles and why we've chosen to overcome them. So I'm excited for that. So in the quiet moments of your life, Alana, going back to insecurity, when you're alone and thinking my time, I always say is in the shower because it's literally the only quiet time I have because I lock my door. And even if there's little pounding hands constantly, mom, I'm still quiet, alone in the shower in my head and tuning things out. But when you're alone and you're thinking about, okay, who am I? What do I want of my life? What do I want more of? How do I want to grow? And when you see the insecurity that has seeped into maybe different areas of your life, and maybe you can talk about that, like how you see it implemented now, even after starting your business, what do you think is at the root of your insecurity? Like what causes that now and how do you fight against it now?
1: So I heard this I think there's like a few things that cause it. I heard this podcast that talked about a a dog, a mother dog that did not have control of her hind legs, she dragged her feet and her puppies were fine, but they dragged their feet too. And it was a learned behavior from them, even though their legs worked fine. They were mimicking mom's behavior. So I think part of it is like, as a as a kid, there are certain things that are generational that get put on you that you never you weren't even aware of until you start going through life and face certain situations. So I think part of it is like a habitual thing and a lack of awareness. And then another part is like, for me, I definitely know when I get unbalanced. If I'm not going to the gym, if I'm not prioritizing friends, family work, if I'm out of whack in one area, um, that'll be a tall sign for me that I need to Buckle down and figure out which and I'm notorious. Lindsay will tell you this. I don't have any balance. And it's usually my friends get the shaft. And thank God I
0: know she loves me anyway. But yeah, I'm I love
1: that you came tonight. (laughs) I'm Lindsay probably didn't think I was we rescheduled this for the next day. It was supposed to be last night. But she loves me anyways. I even thought, should I send this text? (laughs) Um, but I, I think it's a balance issue for me. And then it's a, it's a hard issue. I remember Lindsay told me one thing in our friendship and she's like, Alana, there's one thing that you have in life and it's integrity and it's your word. And if you don't follow through with your word, what do you have? And
0: I'm sure I started that off with, I hope you know how much I love you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) And, uh, so I think I still to this day, I think we were like 19, Mm -hmm. but I still to this day think of that too. And I, so I kind of sit back and reflect and I'm like, am I the person I want to be? And often uh, I have a niece um, who lives with me and my sister and I am in a relationship where there are children from a previous marriage. And I think children have made me much more aware of myself. And so sometimes. I think about, like, who do I want to be in, like, a, a moldable child's life? That is a big motivator for me. And then I also think of, like, if I'm afraid of something right now, what is, I think about what I'm afraid of. I usually can go down to the root cause, and it's always something that's baggage. It's usually – even if it's a – if something caused the insecurity – It's usually a familiar insecurity that's already been there in the first place. And so I find that when I can't get over something or if I'm continuing to ruminate or continue to think about something constantly or let it be present, it's because it's familiar. And so it's me trying to then control a situation. And I keep telling everybody this that will listen to me. But the one thing that I'm learning in life is like we literally have control of nothing Other than our reaction to everything and our current choices that we make from being present. And I find that when I'm not present in everyday life, like when you said I'm in the shower and it's the one time I get a quiet place. I had somebody be like, if you want to be present, start your morning off with being in the shower and just feeling the water on your on your face and feel what you're feeling in the shower And just be present that you're taking a shower. Don't be thinking about what you're gonna do for the day. Don't be thinking about like, don't be doing a timeline in your head. And I realized I'm like, I start my day off like that. I literally think about like, oh, I'm gonna have to do this, 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 and then I'm gonna be so exhausted by then and then I'm gonna have to make it to this. And it's this like, I'm starting my morning off with chaos. Um, and I think I'm I'm kind of feeding my own fears by just not being present even. So that's been a real big thing that I'm working on that's really, really hard because you have to be like committed to it, you know?
0: I love that because I think so much of what you're saying goes back to like the self-talk. There's a new blog post going around about, I can't remember how they voiced it, but it was basically like self-talk, that there are some people who can hear themselves and they have this running thought process all day where they're basically talking to themselves And then there are some people who don't. Have you seen that?
1: No, but I'm the person that talks to myself all day long. It's like you can't get – it's like a good voice and a bad voice. It like – yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and there's people – I've just been at my work now. I'm like, everyone's talking. Like, are you that person? Can you – do you do that? Do you have those conversations in your head? Do you not? And for me to meet people who don't is Baffling to me. Like, I cannot even understand what it would be like. And I've asked them, like, what do you think about then if you're not talking to yourself? This, oh, it was inner dialogue. Like, do you have an inner dialogue? And they said, I just, I don't know. Like, I think about strategy of what needs to be done next. Like, I don't think about the worst case scenario. I don't think, and people who have this. Inner dialogue are likely struggling with that critical inner voice, like you're talking about, Alana. Like when you're constantly telling yourself, "I'm not enough," or "I I need to perfect this so that other people can approve." But then there is also the positive side of it, where you're saying, "No, I want to be I want to be a good role model. I I want to be the person that I needed when I was young, and I want to grow." And so, how do we process through this? Like, how do we fight? this inner insecurity, this fear. And it could be with starting a new business. It could be with jumping into a dream that you've always had. It could be committing to a relationship or a home or a job or whatever it might be because insecurity, it runs everything. And so I think that we have to learn to stop ourselves and acknowledge when that critical inner voice is coming out and say, okay, where am I at? Where is this coming from? And the number one thing that I always recommend to people is to write it down. And I always say the biggest thing for me is like when I hear a lie that I know is not true, I write that down and then I write scriptural truth next to it. And it just combats like, okay, what do I say? Like, what is my mind saying? And then what is the God of the universe, the God of the Bible say about this? And having that contrast helps me so much to know that like what I am thinking Is not truth. And I think we can recognize that so quickly. Like, as soon as you write it down and as soon as you have those thoughts of insecurity and of fear and see it written on paper tangibly, you're like, oh, okay, that is not truth. Like, it's just not who I want to be.
1: Yeah, there's, I had listened to a podcast and the man talking on it, he had this day where he was going to attempt suicide. And his before he kind of had this like red flag aha moment, he had said to himself, I just can't live with myself anymore. And then he was like, wait, like if I can't live with myself, then. Who am I living with? Like who so he realized there was like a split. You have to separate like who you are versus who that voice is. And it's important to listen to like an instinctual voice, but when it becomes negative or when it becomes destructive, I think that's like where you have to really reflect on like how much of this is just a pattern. It they call it like, you know, making pathways in your brain. So it's like. It's like an instinct where if something bad happens, you have a pathway where you figure out what you need to do because it's a familiar situation to get out of it. And it happens for like protection, but sometimes it can be destructive.
0: I love that you mentioned the pathways in the brain because I don't know if you guys know this, but even something like pornography can create an actual physiological change in your brain where it basically digs a tunnel and the only way to experience like full pleasure is is to view pornography. I always remember an interview by John Mayer who said like, I prefer pornography to actual sexual intercourse. And doctors explained like it's because literally it has dug a hole in his brain that has created that addiction. And I 1000% agree that this negative self-talk, this complaining negativity does the same thing. Like our brains are wired That way. And so when we're constantly believing these lies to be true, when we are not putting them up against scripture, when we're not writing them down or trying to combat them and just letting them sit there and live there, one, you're just not growing. Like you're not becoming, like Lana said, like you're not becoming the woman person that you want to be. And we're also not living authentically because if we're just sitting in this place of like, I want to perfect, I can't do it unless it's perfect. I can't do it unless it's everything that it needs to be. It's never going to happen realistically. Like if I wouldn't have started blogging because I didn't know what I was doing. Oh my gosh. I stayed up from 9 PM to 12 AM every single night for two years because I just had a newborn baby researching what the heck I was doing. I had no idea. And now I'm creating a course to teach people how to do it because I took the baby steps to learn. But had I quit at the beginning, I would have failed. Like I wouldn't have had that chance.
1: I just remember I I was walking the academy and you had texted me. And I remember like it was one of your first blog posts and there was a woman that messaged you and it was like, what do you know about being a mother? It was just such, it was the most critical message somebody could send you. And you were already so like vulnerable and nervous about what people were thinking. And I just remember being like, this lady, it speaks volumes that some angry person just came and messaged you something nasty and tried to downplay the fact that you're a mom. If you carried a child, if you had a surrogate, if you adopted a child, I don't care what it is. If you are actively in the role of taking care of another human, you are a mom and you are entitled to talk about your learning experience. You don't need 10 years, 15, 20 years. You don't need adult children to be able to talk about it. And had you even listened to this lady who was like trying to, you know, tear you down or I don't know what her motivations were, but it's just crazy to think what would have happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, you've come a long way from that small blog post to now.
0: Yeah, and I I mean I think we face criticism of all kinds and I think that is where it's so important to have these people in our lives who can remind us who we are. Like when we're feeling insecure, I mean I have my sisters, my I call my sisters, my sisters-in-law and we have a group text that we probably at least somebody asks for prayer every single day like, "Hey, really struggling with this, can you help me?" And sometimes it's the same person like 10 days in a row <laughs> like, "I'm having a meltdown." But to have those people remind you who you are and like Alana and Britt and my people to constantly come alongside me and say like, this is your foundation. This is who you are. And when you're struggling with fear, when you're struggling with this, to have those people that you can go to to kind of reconcile those thoughts and redirect where you're standing is super crucial.
1: If we go back and touch on the fear basis thing. So yesterday, the true story to yesterday was like, I ate pizza and I'm pretty sure I'm lactose and I should not be eating pizza. (laughs) And and I started telling Lindsay, I was like, my stomach is hurting. Like, well, I didn't tell her this. I told her this today. And so I had just messaged her silently and I was like, well, how would you feel about rescheduling to tomorrow or next week? And as soon as she was like, tomorrow works, I was like, she wants to get this done. She
0: knows. I know if I don't nail you down, it's not going to.
1: But then, even while I wasn't feeling good, I was like, is this a sign that I'm nervous? Should I not do this? Being vulnerable is very scary. And I remember I had it like, and she had given me, you know, a couple questions to think about. And it like was about fear and insecurity. And I'm like, look at me down spiraling over a (laughs) podcast. And so... It's just interesting, you know, coming here. It's just silly to even get in your head about like the smallest things Mm -hmm. or like why, why being vulnerable or yourself with being possibly subjected to opinions or judgments or whatever like, but why? So anyways, I feel better about coming now. I was a little nervous at first. I even just asked Lindsay off air. I was like, am I rambling? (laughs) But, but it's, but I'm happy, you know?
0: Well, no, and I'm glad. And I understand going back to Miss Americana because it really was like, although I, don't agree with some of the political views. As a whole, I really appreciate her ability to show Taylor Swift, to show her life in the way that she did, because it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, she is subject to hundreds of millions of opinions. And just like you're saying, like, but what? But what is, the, what happens when they give their opinion? Like, you have to learn to brush it off your shoulders and move along. I respect that you don't agree with me. Thanks for sharing your opinion. Like and then move on. There doesn't need to be this huge ordeal about people not agreeing with you. And we see so much of this inability to communicate now. And I'm cautious. Like I'm honestly too cautious about the things that I talk about which some
1: people are like, yeah, right. Even saying the Taylor Swift thing even though I don't agree with her political yeah. views like the fact that you have to address yeah. that just in case somebody gets offended that's about true. who Taylor Swift is <laughs> it's like it's just No that's
0: totally true yeah, yeah. I know it's totally true and I I think that there's this place of excusing ourselves and apologizing and you see this a lot now with like memes for women of I'm always having to say I'm sorry I'm always having to apologize for my thoughts and opinions and I'm sorry for taking up space and that's something I saw recently where someone said like I'm done apologizing I think it was Anne Hathaway. You guys would think I'm really up on celebrity culture. I guess I kind of am.
1: <laughs> Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, same thing. Yeah, I know.
0: I, I shouldn't know about all of this stuff, but I do. But anyway, but she said like, I'm done apologizing for taking up space. And I don't think I've ever not apologized for that. I was thinking today because I had to do my passport and I'm always so overly kind, which isn't a bad thing. But I think sometimes it's just for the wrong reason, like I have to make sure that this person approves of my one minute of time with them, so that one they do everything that they're supposed to do the right way' <laughs> <'Cause> I'm <laughs> nervous that they won't, but also that they just approve of me and like my behavior and who I am, and that I'm a good girl, like back to that thing and and so I go up to the desk and I'm like. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for your time. I've been imit- and I've been intimidated by this process, and I just am so thankful for you, like taking the time and. He's probably thinking like I'm doing my job lady like why are you going so above and beyond but when I go to restaurants I'm the same way like if someone is short with the waitress I'm the first to be like oh I'm so sorry you're doing a wonderful job which again is not a bad thing but I think it's the motive behind it of feeling like I'm always having to take
1: responsibility for everybody else's yes, actions yes
0: totally and feeling like that their life is a reflection of me, that their their behavior is a reflection of me. And honestly, you guys, that brings out the worst of me. There's one person in my life whose behavior I do not understand, and I am always immediately angry Like at a restaurant with this person, or even in front of somebody like my husband, somebody I'm very comfortable with who knows this person as well and isn't really concerned about their behavior because he knows That's just how this person is. But as soon as that behavior comes out or that personality, I am the first to get like very agitated and frustrated and unkind because my insecurity is flowing into that. And always my husband's like, you didn't have to say a word. (laughs) Like you could have just been quiet. You do not need to make up for other people's behavior. But it is this like, I'm sorry attitude. And even in my emails, I've really been working on my emails of not saying, Oh my gosh, please forgive me for taking an extra 3 hours to respond. Like, it's okay. It's okay to be a human being. And you guys, when I say that out loud, I'm like so convicted because I just know it's something I really, really battle with even on this podcast. Like my edits, I edit like a crazy woman and Jesse Even is like I've never really listened to podcasts that are super edited. Like, why do you spend so much time editing? And for me, it's that perfectionistic, insecure. Like, I want it to be what people want to hear. But more than ever, what I have found is just like you were talking about at the very beginning, Alana, they want to see authentic. Like, the weird, I just did a stupid, weird (laughs) makeup tutorial that, like, I've never had so much feedback on anything ever where people were like, oh my gosh, this was my favorite thing to watch all day. And it was my most uncomfortable moment because it was super raw.
1: But it's it's funny because I I do think it's funny that you say that because when I watch you do things like that and that's why like some of my favorite podcasts that you do are with Jesse in it because you're the most yourself. Not that you're not yourself ever, but You're just a cute person. You're funny. Literally Lindsay reminds me that I'm funny sometimes too, because like I can be so serious sometimes or like I'll go so long without talking to people that all we talk about is serious and catching up. And then I'm like this serious person, but I'm like, I laugh so much at you. (laughs) Thanks. And and just that you forget, like, but anyways, I love that Lindsay. And so I love seeing that Lindsay. And it's, I keep hearing that your thirties are your best. And sometimes I think maybe it's just because you get to a place where you're done. It's all the struggle, all the twenties and figuring yourself out that you always hear. And you just get to a place where I also am finding like, why apologize? Like if I can find tolerance for a lot of stuff that I Maybe don't necessarily agree with, but I can separate that someone's beliefs are not necessarily their heart. It's just their framework. It's what they've gone through. It's their path, and it may change in a year, 10 years, whatever. Not mine to judge. But if I know their heart, or if I can see through some of the muck or some of the maybe, you know, viewpoints that I'm like, "Mm," like, you don't have to, you don't have to like acknowledge that you don't agree with someone's viewpoints, or, you know, it doesn't have to be such like a separate, I'm, this type of person and you're this type of person and we're this type of group and you're that it's just yeah. like, I feel like it's more of an acceptance. It's just an, a general acceptance. Yeah. I love that.
0: Well, this has been really fun. I feel like, okay. So just so you guys are aware, I'm really trying. <laughs> I mean, interestingly enough that this conversation happened, but the reason I'm having this conversation with Alana is because I just feel the podcast going in this direction for myself. So here's my little announcement that I really love interviewing big names. I really have loved the conversations I've had with them. And I feel that you guys have been really blessed with them. But it seems like just like with my Instagram story where I'm being ridiculous and like just myself, that that is what you're drawn to. And so with that, I feel like you guys are also drawn to, um, like Alana said, my conversations with Jesse are the most downloaded that I have. And I want it to be more comfortable. Like I want to not that I'm not comfortable doing interviews. It's what I thrive on, but to just see the types of conversations that I have with my friends. I feel like there's so many podcasts out there that I want people to hear from the people that pour into me and the people that teach me in my day-to-day life. And so I want to hear from you if you enjoyed this. Let us know. And if you didn't,
1: we're okay with it. We're fine. I'll go home and cry. No, but I do agree with that. I I, I think even, even if it's someone you don't know, but I think when it's someone you do know and there's that comfort level, it's like opening a little door into the Lindsay soul, you know, and I, I think that's what's really special about it because Lindsay has a lot. Lindsay's one of the most deep people that I know and she's got a really, really big heart and I feel like everybody needs to know that fully, you know, which... Hats off to you for being able to do that. That's really – that is very scary, but it's – it's yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. And I think – yeah, I like that direction a lot.
0: Thank you. No,
1: that's encouraging. And
0: okay, so I just want to close out with
1: a couple of
0: ways to fight insecurity. I feel like we touched on so much today with not only overcoming insecurity, but also – Living authentically, battling fear, overcoming the desire to be perfect to all people. But as a whole, it all really does boil down to not trusting who you are as a person and not being comfortable in that skin. If you are sharing your heart and you're desiring to do those things in love, you're desiring to do those things to build people up and not tear them down realistically, that's all that you're called to do. Like you're called to love one another as you love yourself. I want to make disciples. I want to tell people about how much Jesus has changed my life from the mean girl in school who tore people down because I was so insecure and jumped from relationship to relationship to relationship because I was so broken to the girl who desires to build women up and like, grow in relationships and have these huge events with women so that we can network together and feel encouraged and inspired and loved. That is not my own doing. I've tried for years to change my own heart. I could not do it. Jesus changed my heart. And so that's my passion is to share those things with you guys and to let you see how impactful that has been and that Growth is not far from you. It is not impossible. A life change of brokenness and bad decisions and regret, that was my life. That does not have to be the full story though. In Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And I mean, Alana can be a testament to that. How much change has happened in my life. And I just strongly believe the same can happen for other people. If you just trust in that, but I want to quickly just touch on a few things that you can do to fight insecurity. And one, the main one is knowing whose you are, that God loves you, that he desires good for you, that he wants to see heart change in you and that you don't have to do anything like you do not have to earn his love. You can sit and be loved because he has loved and forgiven and offered immense grace. And that is just the most important thing. Next is just battling past criticism I think we live so much in what people used to say about us because we're forming our lives as teenagers We're becoming these people and when we have bullies or even worse when we have friends Who destroy us and tear down our character tear down our appearance parents who do the same? It's really difficult get past that and so i think a lot of that for me has been just prayer of one forgiving those people and two realizing like i was probably just as bad you know and there's grace in that and there's forgiveness in that next is a negative self-image and negative self-talk like we talked about so battling that negative self-talk and writing it down or speaking it out loud honestly i will tell jesse often, hey, I'm having these thoughts. I know they're crazy. I feel like I'm losing my mind. (laughs) I need to stop saying those things too, because that's like projecting that over myself. Sometimes I think of like, I'm going crazy. And I don't think we need to say that. But to say it out loud and to rationalize it really helps. Instead of living in your fears, living in your thoughts, living in your doubts. Next is needing approval. We are not to live for man's approval. Like an audience of one, and I know it's so cliche to say that, to live for an audience of one, but ultimately at the end of our lives, are all of these people on social media that we're so concerned about their opinion, are they going to be around? are all of these people who have criticized and had opinions or competed with us or they're not going to be around. And so whose opinion matters? Loving our family well and allowing them like Alana and my friends and my family to pour into my heart realistically because of who God is. Because before it used to be just so much pride of, I know who I am. You don't tell me who I am. And that's changed so much. But ultimately I'm like, Lord, I want to see your face and see and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want anything else to distract me from that goal. And if we live in that way and we have that heart to not please everyone around us, but to love everyone around us, how differently would we live? And then lastly, not accepting things about ourselves. Fight for it. Like work really hard to grow and to change. There's an active faith and there's a passive faith. And if we live in this mode of a passive faith, we don't allow ourselves to have any ability to grow because we just say, okay, change me. Or if I listen to a podcast and then I don't implement anything, what's going to happen? You're not. You're going to have that wisdom. You're going to have that knowledge, but nothing is going to come of it. And so you have to take action and say, what are areas of my life? That one, I need to combat fear and two, I need to combat insecurity and I need to speak truth over my fears and my insecurities and not allow myself to live there anymore. Or I'm all about counseling and so I want <laughs> go to counseling and have someone navigate through those thoughts that you have.
1: Yeah, and and I even think with navigating that and in like more simple term, just like not settling, mm-hmm. I think often too we can – find ourselves surrounding ourselves with people that we're needed by, we're maybe ahead of in a maturity level or whatever. And I think a lot of people feel better about themselves when they are not challenged Mm -hmm. because it makes them feel like they're doing okay. So I do think it is like elevating where you're at in life and not doing the whole passive thing for sure. Yeah. Well, that
0: was so fun for me. (laughs) It's so funny because I just can't figure out this mic situation. And here is, this is just another example of starting a podcast. I had a mic that just like stopped working and my episodes started sounding horrible. So I spend an inordinate amount of money on this system that now I can't do with two people. (laughs) So, So again, not perfectionism. I don't have it figured out. I started recording in my closet. So for those of you who want to start a podcast, it does not have to be perfect. But I'm going to get a mic that can also just record all of us because I really want to do more of this in my home type of conversation where you guys can drink coffee and feel like you're hanging out with us because that just blesses my heart. But thank you so much, Alana, for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. And I hope you guys were blessed by this. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag us at Living Easy Podcast and at Betty Rose by Alana. You can find Alana and see all of her beautiful makeup artistry. Um, She does my face on special occasions and I'm so thankful (laughs) to her, but she does amazing work if you're in the local area with us. Ultimately, you guys, I just, I hope that this encouraged you to fight past the struggles, because I don't think I've ever met a woman who doesn't struggle with some sort of insecurity, whether it's body image, or the workplace environment that you are in, or a relationship, and feeling like you're always having to check up on your spouse because you're insecure and you're not trusting. Whatever it is, fight that desire by taking actionable step. Life is ahead of you, and there's so much life ahead of you, so don't be afraid to take steps forward. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.maestas. Love you guys.